The following is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters. Oh, yeah. Two microphones. And one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J.K.? You get it. That's what I thought was so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith Brake, here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. Oh, selection Sunday came and went, and for the Southern Conference, good news, Sanford. Got a five seed, bad news. No Chattanooga, no Mercer, just the Furman Paladins, a two-team SoCon in what could possibly have been a four-team and coming down the last few minutes, it looked like Mercer get going into overtime. Maybe, maybe could have won that and punched their ticket in. And Chattanooga, game-winning drive or fourth and one, could have got a stop. Did not. And the SoCon pays the price. And somehow the CAA continues to get 1,000 teams in as they got five teams in. And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit uh, as the show progresses. All right, Jay Sanders, Keith Brake. The- Hi. Hey, buddy. I probably should introduce you. Maybe people know you. I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope so. Uh, I mean, you've been here for a minute. We've been breaking down the brackets or bracketology we've done for uh, yes. a little bit. So this is something that we've been following closely. Of course, we follow closely on a yearly basis, but following closely, uh, contact me and you in between different things. And I want to start in the league first because obviously we are a ETSU Southern Conference you know, podcast. By the way, Bucks lost to Mississippi State fifty six seven, and um, I, I, yeah. I feel like I just need to say that um, they did block their third punt of the year, which is new school record. Uh, oh no, no, actually, I think that back. Gerald Sinsball blocked three and one game once. Oh, know. that's right. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot about that. I think I confused that for the one game for the year. That being said, um, I, I was excited to watch a little bit of everything. Mercer has disappointed me. Not that they need to impress me in some high games and they still didn't win but they certainly look the part in this game versus Sanford as opposed to what they've done in the past and Western Carolina was a little bit of a dangerous team and I think Chattanooga a Limford's not 100% and I think it's pretty Evan I mean missed games he's missed some time he just doesn't whatever the I can only assume is an injury by looking at him whatever that is has clearly affected I think what Chattanooga's done down the stretch, and then a couple just gut wrenching losses. They had a huge build up for that Mercer game, and a, just a dominating win. To be honest with you, Mer- yes. Mercer got a couple touchdowns late in fourth quarter, but a dominating win by Chattanooga. Then they go to Furman, and the energy was kind of they, they didn't look the same. And again, I think it's because they put just like Mercer did against ETSU. I've explained this. You can go back and listen to the podcast if you want to hear it. But you know. Furman did enough to win. Didn't dominate him, didn't win. Then they beat Citadel. Then the loss at Sanford, I think, really kind of shook Chad. and was like, okay, if Chad just turns around and wins, they take all doubt off the table. Yep. They beat Western. There's no doubt looking at who all got in. Chattanooga would have been in, wouldn't have been a no-doubter. It was a Super Bowl for Western Carolina, riding off a high of, of you know, a couple-game win streak, beating Wofford, beating ETSU. They were playing to get to above 500. I mean, they were playing – for pride to get to six and five, right? And I may not sound like a lot, but in Kerwin Bell's second year, that was a prideful try to win, try to make a statement, try to knock off Chattanooga, and in fourth and goal at the one, 
they're able to punch it in. Then they hold Chattanooga on fourth down, uh, where Chattanooga on a fourth and ten, not able to convert, could not have attempted, like I think it was Furman last year, attempted a 64-yard field goal that went like 50 yards. Um, Chat decided not to try that uh, for good reason and try to convert and didn't. And so that was one off the board. Then we flipped back over, and Mercer's got the ball in the second or in the first overtime just caught the end of Sanford throwing a touchdown pass. Michael Hires gets injured. Watch Mercer go down and score. I thought Mercer may go for two. They did not. And I was arguing in the car with everyone riding with me. I said, I thought Mercer should have went for two. And they're like, no, you don't do that. You got to play for the second overtime. So you play for second overtime and then have field goal block. And again, I, I, I'm not second guessing. I was first guessing. I was first guessing because at the time I was like, I think they should go for two. They didn't. Field goal got blocked. Still feeling pretty good about it because the freshman walk-on has to come in and catch a snap, and then he goes 25 yards for a touchdown yeah. and wins the game. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you. I think they should have gone for two. You don't put Sanford's offense back on the field, period. Yeah. If you have an opportunity to keep Sanford's offense off the field, you do it. Drew Chronic has a very creative mind and very creative plays, and I refuse to believe he doesn't have a couple in his back pocket that nobody had seen that he's been sitting on all year that he could have done. Now, again, I'm sure Drew Cronick could care less how I feel about what he did, but I feel like they could have got Sanford. Their best shot to win that game was on a two-point play uh, because, again, they were going to turn around and go first, and Sanford just had to match. And even if they kicked the field goal, Sanford still scored a touchdown on the first play. So it's all moved from that point. I still think should have gone for it. But in a span of probably actual 12 minutes, real time, 12 minutes, we saw the Southern Conference – have a shot at possibly four to, oof, Mercer needs to win to make it three to, oof, it's probably going to be two. And as the bracket started to unfold and we saw a few teams, I think maybe when Delaware hit the board, I looked at everyone that was watching the bracketology with me on the road, and I said, they're out. Chat's out. I mean, it's the, yeah. very, it's the very first two teams they revealed as at-larges, and I saw <laughs> Delaware, or the – they weren't both that large, but when they showed Delaware on the board as the first sort of playing game to get in the top eight, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. They're done. I thought the same thing. I thought the exact same thing. And uh, Western Carolina, I mean, we talk about a limb forward, but Western Carolina scored 18 points on its last three possessions. Touchdown with a PAT and a field goal, that's 10 Plus, uh, T.J. Jones had a one-yard run with 53 seconds left. They hit the two-point conversion to go up a field goal. They scored 18 points on their last three possessions and moved the ball the way that they wanted to move the ball. Seven plays, 95 yards for a touchdown. 11 plays, 62 yards for a field goal. 13 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown that takes over 11 minutes off the clock. Western Carolina dominated the second half of that game. You cannot allow that to happen if you are Chattanooga. And the league should have had three teams in the FCS playoffs. We kind of got to a point where as the resources, the number of games started to run short, initially you thought might have a chance at four, Realistically, okay, now it's probably going to be three. Chattanooga just needs to handle its business. Furman needs to handle its business, and Furman did. They played fine against Wofford, a Wofford team that was going to put up a fight. Uh, Samford didn't need to win. 
to get in. They had the automatic bid already locked up. A win would have helped Mercer, but you also you don't necessarily expect it given the way their seasons have gone. This came down to one team had an opportunity to do something that benefits the entire conference. And this is something I was thinking about this morning, that there have been so many times where every school in this conference, except possibly VMI, has had an opportunity to seriously improve the standing of a of the conference in a specific sport. Whether it's football, whether it's men's hoops, whether it's women's hoops, whether it's baseball, doesn't matter. Every school in the SOCON has had a chance to improve the standing of the SOCON going forward by doing something that is not totally beyond them and stepping in a pothole in, in attempting to do that. They step on a rake, they smack themselves in the face, they fall down, and we all get laughed at. The whole conference gets laughed at. The whole conference gets written off for it. ETSU went to North Dakota State last year, barely laid a scratch on the Bison, didn't score a touchdown. Who gets blamed for that? Not ETSU, the SOCON. The SOCON takes that heat. The SOCON probably shouldn't take that heat, but the SOCON takes that heat. When Chattanooga can't close out a playoff bid for, what, the third straight year? Well, I did some math for you. So 2018, they start okay. 4-0, pretty good little go. They go 2-5 and five the rest of the way, including a three-game losing streak Ugh. in 2018. 2019, a 6-6 six six year, okay? They have a chance at 7-5 because they play two uh, major D1s, right? To, to take, take a couple off the board to get a seventh win. And that year, bubble-wise, they were looking pretty good. So that would have been 7-3. They lost to VMI. <sighs> okay. Then you move to the COVID year in which they just quit playing because they just don't like football, I guess. Um, so I'm going to skip that because they only played four, and then they canceled yep. four. And then 2021. And then 2021, they lose a couple of games in a row. Mercer, and then they lose to the Citadel. And again, they were four uh, – I'm sorry, they were six and three. Needed one to get to seven and three. You needed a couple to get that. No, they lose both of those. And then this year – it's the same song and dance for Chattanooga. They're in a good spot, but they lose three of four and end up at seven and four. I just, at what point do you actually say you even want to go to the playoffs? Like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why is it that this team consistently fails too close. This happens, like I said, across all schools, across all different sports. Every team or every school has a team in a sport where they have a chance to do something that's not necessarily routine, but also isn't impossible, also isn't asking for the moon. You're just asking them to go out and do what their talent is capable of. Chattanooga's talent is more than capable of closing out these 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 playoff bids they are more than capable of closing out western carolina in a one-off game where your season is determined you win that game you are in there is no doubt at that point that you are in because your only losses at that point are to a power five which nobody cares about and to two other teams that are clearly in the playoffs including a seed that team is in at that point but they blew it. They flat blew it. 
again. And the whole league suffers for it. It's it's enough to drive me insane. I just want I mean, and you look at the who the losses have come to. They lost to Western again. Yes, uh, people are going to yell if they're not an ETSU fan, yell at us for bringing this up. But they lose to Western with a champ chance to go to the FCS playoffs. The year before, yeah. they lose to the Citadel, who just fired their coach, if I'm not mistaken. Did not renew his contract. Yeah, yes. fancy wording for thank you, uh, we'll see you next year. Or see somebody else next year. Well, there's year. no buyout. That's so. fair. Then they, 2019 is VMI. Now, VMI was kind of coming up at that point. Yep. But still, Chattanooga had a shot to lock up a playoff berth. And every time they've had a chance to lock a playoff berth the last couple years, for whatever reason, they've just not got it done. And it, it's it's a shame because the Southern Conference, and, and it pains an ETSU guy to say, you need Chattanooga to win, right? That I, I like almost vomit in my mouth every time I say that. But the Southern Conference needed Chattanooga to win, to get more. T- I mean, that's the only way – if you can get more teams in the playoffs, more chances you have to win, the more they see you win in the playoffs. Just the like, more respect you get afforded nationally. That That's the problem because they've always just – and it's been a few other teams have faltered too down the stretch when had an opportunity, but just getting one team in last year, not, not ideal. Then you're looking 2018. I mean, they picked two of the three co-champions. I mean, ETSU ended up being the AQ, so they had to take them. Uh, again – a lot of lot going on on how they can't get more than a couple teams in, and it's very disheartening because this was one of the strongest the league had been in a while. There were some good non-conference wins, no real flubs, more than maybe great non-conference wins. Now there was some good scheduling where teams didn't turn out well, like Kennesaw State, mm-hmm. but there was no flubs of those. And so, right. exactly, that's what was you know at least the teams you should have beaten, you beat. All right, you didn't beat an FBS, fine. And then you beat each other up a little bit in the league, and then you can survive it. But it, you, you can't lose to lower-tier teams in the league. I think it's clear at this point to people inside the SOCON, I hope it is, like people in this this community of the Southern Conference, that when App and Georgia Southern, and from a basketball perspective, Davidson, left about a decade ago, the league took a major reputational hit nationally it's like oh it's not the same and that that hit is coming for the CAA it's coming because they have added a bunch of teams that aren't nearly as good as as their traditional standard and um I I, I just don't I don't know if Campbell's gonna work man like I, I don't know if that one's gonna work uh, Monmouth is just okay um you know North Carolina A&T could get there but they've still got work to do I mean they just lost a, a howler to Gardner-Webb then, and that cost them a chance to get into the playoffs. And Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb is in the playoffs and North Carolina A&T is not. That's bad. Uh, but my my point is, your best teams left. You lost standing nationally. And you haven't really done anything since to re-earn that national standing. I thought the SoCon was the third best league in the country this year. But then you hear Jermaine Truax, the chair of the FCS playoff committee, say that the committee thought the CAA was the strongest conference in the country. And I wonder if we were watching the same sport. Like, I, it's just, it's absolutely nuts to me that somebody could look at the CAA and look at this, 
this pile of wholly mediocre teams plus a decent William Mary and Richmond team at the top and say this league is better than what the SoCon was at the top. At best, it's a wash. And yet, the CAA is getting the benefit of the doubt. The SoCon has to earn that benefit of the doubt that they got maybe once upon a time when they had two perennial national title contenders in the conference. You have to do that by getting more teams in the playoffs and getting some of those teams a little bit deeper in the playoffs. If Sanford goes to Fargo and beats North Dakota State, and I don't think they will, but if they do, that is something that the committee is forced to take note of. Because it's clear, if you don't take the committee out of their comfort zone with your achievements on the field, they will not leave their comfort zone. And it doesn't matter who is on the committee or where. It doesn't matter um, if if Haslam, the AD at Montana, is on the committee. It doesn't matter if Matt Larson, the AD at North Dakota State, is on the committee. And those people are very plugged into FCS, and they watch a lot of games, and they're very intent on having a full picture. It doesn't matter who's on the committee and who's not. The committee as a whole will trend towards safe. And until you show them that the SOCON is a safe pick, they won't do it. And so Chattanooga has had multiple opportunities, and for that matter, so is Mercer, that they have squandered. And it hurts the conferences standing nationally. Because you get into situations like this, and you have established power programs or at least programs from established successful conferences that have won games in these situations, in the playoffs, late in the season. They've won these games before. They get the benefit of the doubt. Chattanooga doesn't until you go out and earn it and force the committee to reevaluate. And if Chattanooga had won on Saturday, they would be in. I had Chattanooga in anyway. And Delaware out was the only team I got different in the field of 24 from the actual final committee. Um, but I can't sit here and say that Chattanooga was done an injustice because Chattanooga didn't take control of the things it had control over that could have convinced the committee beyond a reasonable doubt that they needed to be in the playoffs. Would you like to know who the Southern Conference Committee representative is? It's the AD from Chattanooga. How do you think that was when uh, he walked back in there? Because you have to leave the room. Right. And he walked back in there and they were like, um, yeah, you didn't get in. <laughs> how do you How do you think old Mark Wharton handled that? I know how I would handle it. Not well. No, no, not well at all. I would not. Matter of fact, ETSU was told the same thing with Scott Carter um, during the uh, COVID year. The Bucks were the 17th yep. team. Yeah. 16 went, 17 didn't. Yep. ETSU again had a chance its own destiny, didn't win the game. It you know, things happened out of Mercer. So it's happened to Southern Conference where even having somebody on the committee member to kind of thump your chest on your own team the second time in three years that the and I don't know that Chat's the last team out. I, I would goodness gracious, if they're not the last team out, it couldn't be more than another team. I, I could, it was could Austin, the first team out was Austin P. Chattanooga was second. Oh, so, two of the last three years, you're talking one or two spots. And, again, if ETSU would have beat Mercer a couple years ago, Chattanooga this year. I, I am assuming that Herter tweeted them in the order. Like, they were released in the order that they were left out and not in, like, an alphabetical order because they weren't listed in alphabetical order. But it was well, – Austin uh, P. does come before Chat. It was kidding. Austin P., Chattanooga, 
And then I think it was Florida A&M and then Mercer, maybe? That would be an alphabetical. What? Yeah, it would be an alphabetical. I'll double check it, but uh, they were one of the first four teams out. But even just to be there and, again, it shows you that they're the, just because they're on the committee, right? You can't, can't be. Oh, no. Uh, Rhode Island was the third team out. Okay. So it's Austin Peay, Chattanooga, Rhode Island, Florida A&M. So that, that was in order. Austin P. Hmm. That's. Oh, man. Well, they had a win over Eastern Kentucky, and EKU got the auto bid from the Wax Sun, which hopefully that never happens again. That power ranking thing, that's just. I'm sorry. That's a joke. That you, you're, you are. Nobody, nobody's even close to earning that on the field. How can you earn that on the field? You are you are trying to uh, massage yourself to the best RPI that you can get, as opposed to just winning as many games as you can win. And I feel bad for I, I kind of feel bad for UT Martin too. Now the the OVC got peer pressured into live streaming the coin flip, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, they lost a coin flip. They didn't have a chance to earn it on the field against Semo. I thought they kind of got a little bit of a raw deal there. But um, oh no, there's no. there's no doubt they got a raw deal. I mean, they I, they should have at least like they could have at least had a chance to earn that on the field by playing an extra conference game, by scheduling an extra conference game on the front end. I don't really know why they didn't play that extra conference game. To be honest, I'm sure there's a reason. Yeah, I, that's and, the, and the it has only something question. to do with like Lindenwood or something. But um, yeah, I just. I, I just this this whole playoff process has been really messy. Um, there are teams that don't have control over what they can and can't do to get in, especially at that point. Like UT Martin had no control over its destiny. Its destiny was literally down to the toss of a coin. They did everything they could in the OVC, and they lost a coin flip, and they didn't do enough in their other games to get in. They if they had beaten Missouri State, maybe they do get in. Uh, Missouri State's not that good, but uh, this year. But you know, they didn't have complete control over that. Chattanooga did, right? Mercer did. Montana at some point did. North Dakota did, and North Dakota did enough against a very difficult schedule. It's probably that win over Youngstown State that put them in. Uh, that to get in, Idaho. You throw they played two FBS games, so you kind of that kind of skews their record a little bit. They are, I believe, they finished seven and two against the FCS. So that team's in. I guess that schedule, yeah, they're in. They got to be in. Um, Fordham didn't play the greatest schedule, but they won a lot of their games the way you would expect a good team to beat up on bad teams. And then they lost their two toughest games: a bowl bound Ohio and uh, a seeded Holy Cross. By a combined eight points. So, I, I they did a lot for themselves. And they earned the opportunity with their play on the field. And so, I feel like the one team that maybe got a raw deal in all of this isn't even any of the teams that got left out. It's UT Martin that did everything they could and still lost it on a coin toss. Mr. Break, I have a question for you in the back. Yes. Uh, have you seen Austin P's schedule, sir? Uh, it's not good. Well, they lost at Western Kentucky. 
yeah, that's fine. And then they lost at Alabama. So there's two FC or two FBS losses that get thrown out. All right, they beat Presbyterian. Ooh. They're now yeah. Then they beat Mississippi Valley State. Ooh. Alabama A and M. Beat Eastern Kentucky. See, that that's the one that gets them on the radar, I think. Lost to Central Arkansas, lost to Jacksonville State, beat Murray State, North Alabama, Kennesaw State. It's not the most impressive schedule. I mean, Presbyterian, Mississippi Valley State, and Alabama A&M. I've seen worse. I have actually seen worse. Is it Sanford's basketball schedule? <laughs> actually, yes. Okay. I was just double-checking. <laughs> Actually, yes, it is. Um, I have, I've seen. I, I have seen worse. It's still not good. It's still not something I would look at as convincing. I, I would just look. I mean, just be like, okay, all right, there we go, guys. Is that that we're comparing it to? Um, all right. So, uh, I. All right. That being said, let's let's go over because I feel like I could complain more about that, and probably people are tired of hearing complain. Let's talk about seeding wise. It seemed like most people. The two points of contention was the three seed for North Dakota State, and then there's some still questioning the Holy Cross as an eight. I'm fine with it. They didn't lose a game. They beat an FBS team, a decent FBS team, and they didn't lose a game. I'm good with I'm good with them being the eight. All right, North Dakota State at three. And and what did I tell you? Sacramento State only wanted one thing. They didn't care about the one or two. They just didn't want the bison that's on their right. side of the that's bracket. Right. And, and what that's did they exactly get? Exactly what they got. Well, uh, it's not going to matter because they're going to lose before that. Um, Woo! Here we go. <clears throat> I watched them on Saturday night against UC Davis. No, thank you. Um, no, if they play like if they if they uh, just oh okay impressed. okay well let, let's uh, I was I, not impressed. You want to have bracket fun or you you want to talk about seeds more? Because. I was going to have bracket fun with you here. Uh, no, UC Davis shouldn't have gotten in. UC Davis should have earned it on the field by winning one of the games that they played against really good teams. They played a very tough schedule, but that doesn't mean anything if you don't at least give me something to work with. UND gave me a little something. Idaho gave me a little something. Uh, I didn't get that from from UC Davis. So no 6-5 and five UC Davis. Anyway, seats. All right, so I, I think everyone – had one and two South Dakota State, Sacramento State. We already talked about North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Four, Montana State, maybe because of the blitzing of Montana um, and then, you know, throwing an extra pass for a score there in the fourth quarter uh, to really, you know, it's a rivalry game. I'm okay with that. See, I had Sac State at one, SDSU at two, Montana State at three, and NDSU at four. Right. And what's funny about that is – the way that the seeds line up didn't line up with what I had, but it creates the same semifinal matchups if everything plays to chalk. So then five was William and Mary, six Sanford, and we met, uh, we didn't mention sevens incarnate word. Any issues with five, six, and seven? Because we've already talked Holy Cross. Five, six, and seven. I'm not crazy about William and Mary. I just I just don't know that any I, I can't trust any of the teams in the CAA, even the one that's ten and one. I can't trust them. I, I just don't feel like I can trust any of these teams. This feels to me like, I believe it was 2018 when the CA got six teams in and the only one that got past the second round was Maine. It really feels like that kind of a year to me where we we hear people patting the CAA, hyping up the CAA, and it immediately just, the wheels fall off. Almost immediately. 
it feels like it's going to be that kind of year. How do you trust New Hampshire? Who does New Hampshire have again? Fordham. Fordham. How do you trust New Hampshire against a team that can score a ton of points when they got the brakes beat off of them by NC Central earlier this year? And NC Central's a good team, but Fordham's not bad either. I don't trust New Hampshire to not lay an egg there. Um, who's Delaware got? Uh, St. Francis, who's not quite yeah, fully a scholarship should, team. They, so should, that's they a, should be fine. I mean, and, and listen, we played St. Uh, Francis. Uh, their coach was great. Talked to him for a while, former pro. But um, for him to get a at-large, again, with limited scholarships, they're not quite to the 63. I think they're 45 or something like that. So, I mean, give them kudos. They get there. They get Delaware. That's probably the best matchup for CA just because, again, fully scholarship versus not. Then you look at Fordham, New Hampshire. Congratulations, Gardner-Webb. First time they've won uh, the Big South Championship. AQ able to get to the tournament. They play East Kentucky. I think that's a bus off for EKU. North Dakota's at Weber uh, State. Del- Delaware's going to SDSU. They'll be out in the second round. Um, what's, the, uh, what's Elon? Furman. At Furman. Uh, Furman should win that game. Uh, Furman, honestly, I really like that path for Furman. The way that they have played at the line of scrimmage this year, just, I, I just, I kept expecting them to be like, okay, well, you know, they won that early game against North Greenville. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. You know, you play a non D1 and you kind of think at some point a hole is going to pop up that was shielded by that early blowout win. And it just never happened. They're so good at the line of scrimmage, and that matters so much at this time of the year. I think they I think they have a very good chance of beating Elon, and if they beat Elon, I think they will beat Incarnate Word. And will I would not rule them out against Sacramento State. I kid, you know, Sac State's gonna, you know, fall apart like they did a few years ago when they got a seed and Austin P went out there and waxed them. But I I, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's open and shut for any of these teams, really. South Dakota State and Sacramento State are surprising at one and two for some people because of their historical reputation, which is that they flame out in the playoffs. Sometimes, in South Dakota State's case, quite spectacularly. And right as I say that, Taron Christian just threw another interception against James Madison. Uh, That's like his... They turned the ball over 10 times in a semifinal one time. They... Boat race Northern Iowa in the regular season, and then three weeks later, turn around, lost to him in the playoffs at home. So, both of those teams have laid big eggs in the playoffs in the past. Uh, so, they both have, I think, something to prove. Sac State has more to prove than South Dakota State because SDSU has actually gone to Frisco once. All right, conspiracy theory. Do you think to try to justify the CAA is really good that they gave them? St. Francis, who's not fully scholarshiped, and then the Pioneer League team. No, I, I, I think that's that's travel-based because those teams are quite close. And, to you, and you can't put teams. Elon with Richmond because they played Correct. against each other, so you have to separate there. Right. You can't have um, rematches in the first or second round. Uh, so you, you've got to avoid those, and uh, they, they did avoid those, and that created some – some somewhat interesting uh, pairings, but uh, who, who's Montana up against going to North Dakota State? I don't have the bracket right in front of me. Uh, Montana's, Montana's going to North Dakota State if they win, and I think they're playing southeastern Louisiana. Is that right? Montana's playing southeast Missouri State. Southeast Missouri. That's right, yep. southeast Missouri. Um, 
I don't know that that's an open and shut game for the Grizz. They should win it, but I don't know that they will. And I'm, you know, again, I, I'm not 100%. I wasn't 100% on Montana getting in, but there were so many 7-4 and four teams that had so many flaws in their resume. I don't think anybody's really got any room to complain about getting left out because you, again, didn't do everything that you could do. The only team that can complain about doing everything they could do and still getting left out is probably UT Martin. Um, because they did enough to win their conference and lost it on a coin toss, but I don't want to belabor that point. Um, yeah, I, I think I, for the SoCon, I really like that path for Furman. Um, I think Samford is going to go to Fargo and it's not going to go well, but I do think they'll get to Fargo as long as Hires is healthy. That's, I think, the caveat for everybody. If Hires is healthy, they'll be fine. They'll be just fine in their second-round game. Because they've got uh, either Idaho or or Sella, as we call them, Southeast Louisiana. SLU, yeah. Um, that game is in Hammond too, which I find very interesting. I would not rule Southeastern Louisiana out of that game. I think Idaho should win it. I think Idaho will win it, but I'm not going to count the Lions out at home. They're gonna get. They're gonna have a decent sized crowd because people just go nuts for regional Louisiana schools. You don't think they'd have huge fan bases, but they do. I mean, think about Nichols in Thibodeau, a town that is sinking into the Gulf of Mexico slowly over the period of decades or over span of decades. In in a hundred years, it will be underwater. People turn up in a big way for football in Thibodeau. People turn up in Lake Charles. People turn up in Nag- Natchitoches. Is it Natchitoches that's on the Louisiana side or Nagadoches? Nagatoches. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Ham- That's Northwestern State, right? Yes. 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 And then Hammond. Ruston. Uh, Monroe. And there's nothing in Ruston, buddy, if you've not made a trip there. Louisiana Tech is the town. There is nothing. There is the, right. it, literally La Tech is the whole town. So, yeah, they, they people turn up for those football games. There will be a great atmosphere this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. I would not rule Southeastern out of that game. I do expect Idaho to win it. Whoever comes to Homewood to play Samford, if Samford has a healthy hires, they'll be fine. If Idaho wins that game in Hammond and comes to play Samford without hires, it could be a long day. But I think Sanford will get to the quarters and then they'll they'll bow out there and there won't be any harm done. I think no I North it's gonna be Bison Jackrabbits in Frisco for me. Do you think if Furman can get to Sac State and Sanford gets to Fargo that that will do enough to at least elevate the league that you have two of the final eight so I sure hope so. I would imagine that would have to because I think the league has been pretty good this year. Now there have been times where it has not. Right there have been years where the SoCon had a bunch of teams at like six and two or five and three, and you're like, the reason that they're here is because everybody is is not that good, rather than everybody is good. There are two different kinds of parity, right? We're going through that with the NHL versus the NFL. In the NHL, there's parity where everybody's really strong. In the NFL, there's parity where everybody's really weak. So I think the SOCON has dealt with a lot of the latter. They haven't had as much of the former. I think we are starting to see, or at least we saw this year, 
parity where there were a lot more strong teams at the top of the SOCON than there were just a bunch of weak teams that lucked into wins against each other. I think we've seen a little bit of a shift this year. And if the success is there, then yeah, I think you have to start taking the SOCON seriously at that point. Certainly more seriously than they have in the past. Recent past. All right, upsets. What do you got? Um, hmm. Well, or you you want to go line by line real quick? Sure. What do you uh, got? All right, uh, St. Francis, Delaware. Delaware. I agree. Fordham, New Hampshire. Fordham. Planting my flag on that one. The Rams have a really fun, Ugh. explosive offense. Um, and they get a what a Fordham. And they're gonna be they're gonna be way more fired up to play that game. New Hampshire's not a bad team, but I just I can't trust them. I I I take Fordham there. All right, Gardner Webb, Eastern Kentucky, EKU. EKU is also going to win their second round game. <laughs> jumping ahead, I love it. North Dakota, Weber State. Uh, Weber. Right. We, uh, that might get ugly. All right, Simo, Montana. Montana. Idaho, Sella. Idaho. Elon Furman. Furman. Richmond, Davidson. Richmond. All right, so moving forward, and I'll just stop you after we do this round. All right, <laughs> South Dakota State, and you said Delaware. To South, that's the Bunnies. Okay, then you said Fordham, Holy Cross. Is that a run-up back game? Oh, yes, it is. And they had a heck of a game, did they not? Yes, they did. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Crusaders. Um, I'm, I'm on the Holy Cross hype train. Okay. I'm on, I'm on the Worcester Express. And if I heard you earlier, EKU will upend William & Mary. Yes. Okay, then you got Weber and Montana State. Montana State. That'll be a good one. All right. Then you had uh, Montana, North Dakota State. Is that right? Uh, Yes. Give me the bison. Okay. Then you got uh, Idaho, Sanford. If Hires is healthy, Idaho. And then Furman, Incarnate Word. Furman. Furman wins that game. And Richmond. Furman, Furman beats Incarnate word, black, blue, and purple in the trenches. All right, Davidson, or uh, sorry, Richmond and Sac State. Ooh, because you, you've kind of, you've kind of turned on Sac State. Yeah, so, and, and, and Hornets have Hornets. laid an egg before, right? Sa Sacra Sacramento State. I think they're I think they're good enough to win that game. Although, I mean, hey, as as you have learned, Jay, from having watched him in person many a time. You can never count Reese out of any football game. He's healthy, right? He is. He's back for them? He is. Yeah, you can't count Reese out of a football game. So, yeah. Richmond has a shot. Jacob Harris is still his number one target. I, I, think, I think the path that Sac State has is really challenging. And if they get to Frisco, it is a massive achievement for Troy Taylor and company. All right. That's all, all right. I got. You got anything else? That's all I got. I don't. I, no more. I, I mean, we could spend more time complaining about the coin flip, but uh, we've we've addressed that enough. Ah! I mean, I could spend more time crushing chat. I mean, even Sagarin rating is better than a coin flip. Come on, come on. I do like that they had turned down the coin flip and then got pressure and then felt like they were they like, had oh, to. somebody because somebody reached out to him and yeah. I think it was uh, Jamie Williams, of who's FCS part of. Nation. FCS Fans Nation. Tip at the, shout out to Jamie, um, who does a fantastic job of holding all our feet to the fire. Um, him and Matt and that whole crew are awesome. But, uh, yeah, he emailed the OVC. was like, hey, you guys are going to stream the, the coin toss, right? And if you're not, 
we'd love to host it. And they said, yeah, no thanks. And uh, people got so mad. And I'm sure they got somebody with some actual power called them and were like, hey, we need a little more transparency with this. And so they cobbled together a live Twitter stream. So do you think, and this is what I was, do you think the coin flip, and I'm using air quotes nobody can see, was going to be done by maybe another ranking system that they were going to use and really didn't want to do the coin flip? Do you think, uh, you know, I love a good conspiracy theory, so I'm wondering, do you think they were like, Oh, the conspiracy theory is that uh, UT Martin would be allowed to call both heads and tails. Mm. That's the conspiracy theory. That's why people wanted the webs, the games, or the coin toss streamed live somewhere. That because they, the people were worried that, oh well, we didn't see this happen. There were no eyewitnesses. There was no public viewing of this. So you could theoretically have done anything, and you could have just said, well, we're going to get congratulations. We're going to get two teams in. Casimo was going to get that large, but UT Martin was not, and so it would have behooved the conference to. Uh, confer via a coin toss uh, or toy costs, I guess, if you want to, whatever. Uh, it would have behooved them to confer the automatic qualifier yeah, I, to UT Martin. I'd say very smart of them if that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> but they got called out. And, and it it's work. clever, but people were paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't think there was anything malicious in it, but also it's just like your league has been hammered by realignment you really need to get some people in your corner be transparent about this and they did so problem crisis averted all right people that are missing etsu talk we will have that uh, tomorrow special tuesday show felt like we need to get the monday pot out for playoffs playoffs now we're going to talk etsu uh rap will put a little small bow on the football season we'll talk about women's basketball which is on fire four in a row for brenda mock brown first time in four years for coach mock that the bucks have won four in a row and then we're going to see how lucky she is out in vegas and then we'll <laughs> check out etsu we'll preview etsu men's basketball versus appalachian state that wednesday night game we'll probably preview georgia because you know what we're going to take thanksgiving off to eat turkey let's do it we'll be back tomorrow Back in the door network. Oh, you gotta be kidding me!